You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I want to encourage you to take your Bibles and turn to Revelation chapter 1. And when you get there, you can turn back a page to Jude. We're going to be in the epistle of Jude, uh, the, the, big, the big epistle of Jude, a, tw- a full 25 verses, I believe it is. And uh, I'm excited about what God has for us from his word this morning. And uh, I love our church. What a blessing you are. Thank you for your faithfulness. And uh, you inspire me. And I know that your our testimony, your testimony uh, inspires so many other pastors and churches up and down our state, across the country, and around the globe. And I just thank the Lord for North Valley Baptist Church. We're in Jude. And we're going to look down beginning in verse number 22 and read down to the end of the chapter just a few verses here. Jude Verse 22, the Bible says, And of some have compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. Let's pray one more time. Father, we sure love you. Thank you for the joy it's been to be in this service. Lord, we commit the preaching of uh, of your word, Lord, to thee. And I pray, God, for your touch now. Empty me of self and fill me with thy spirit. Help me to communicate these truths as you would have me to do so. And we'll give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I love this short epistle. And uh, this book has been placed... In the canon of scriptures in the right order as it is right before the book of Revelation. It deals with apostasy and Revelation we know to be a book that mainly deals with uh, end time prophecy. Jude was the half brother of our Lord Jesus Christ and the brother of James. And so James and Jude obviously being half brothers of the Lord Jesus. And uh, he was most likely saved after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jude was penning this epistle at a time when God's people uh, were falling and departing from the faith. This is what we call apostasy. There was a lot of apostasy or departing from the faith during his time. And so Jude writes this epistle addressing these issues. And Jude saw a need in his day and hour. But you know, as he writes and pens this short epistle, we really get a picture of his heart. And, And I love that about the Word of God. You know, I think of the book of Esther, and there's so many things that we could look at in the book of Esther, and yet we're reminded that God's name is not mentioned in the book of Esther, and yet we see God's touch and hand and timing all through that book. And as we come through uh, this short epistle, we see the heart of Jude. And, and while this short epistle doesn't mention the, the word heart, we see his heart come through these words. And so this morning we we want to look at the heart of Jude or a heart that makes a difference. I'm reminded of what Jesus said in Luke chapter 6 in verse 43. He said, "A, a good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit. Neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. Then he says this, a good man 
out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. You see, when we think about the heart, we're reminded that we are to love the Lord our God with all our hearts. As we think about the heart, we're reminded that we are to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. And as we think of Ephesians chapter 6, we are to do the will of God from the heart. The problem that we see in our world today and all the uncertainty is in fact a heart problem. The heart of the problem is a problem of the heart, as many have said. And this morning I want to state that I am not uh, seeking to step on anybody's toes as we preach the Word of God. This message is intended to impact our hearts this morning. And as we consider those in the secular world of yesteryear, I'm reminded of a Henry Ford who changed the world because he put his heart into the auto industry. I'm reminded of the Wright brothers who changed the world because they put their heart into aviation. I'm reminded of a man by the name of Steve Jobs who changed the world. I know you Samsung people don't like that. But he changed the world as he put his heart into this technology and Apple computer. And as we approach this epistle this morning, there are several heart attitudes that you and I need to have if we're going to make an impact in the day in which we live, the hour that God has given to us, making a difference, as Jude said. The first heart attitude we need to make a difference in this day and age is to have a heart of compassion. Jude says very clearly in verse 22, some have compassion. I want you to note a few things about compassion. First of all, compassion is a choice. It's not a feeling. Some choose to have compassion. And, and I would encourage your heart this morning not to let the deceitfulness and uncertainty in the day and hour in which we live to harden our heart, but to allow us to have a heart that pleases our Heavenly Father, to choose to have a heart of compassion. I'm reminded of Luke chapter 10, as Jesus tells us about the Good Samaritan. And we're reminded about the priest who saw this man, who had been, uh, he had been uh, robbed and he had been beaten and, and left for dead. And uh, here comes a priest and he sees him and he passes by on the other side. I'm reminded of the Levite who does the same thing and he sees the man and passes by on the other side. But I want to read to you Luke 10, beginning in verse 33. It says, But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. So this man chose compassion. Verse 34 of Luke 10 says, And went to him. So his compassion moved him to action. And bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. He set him on his own beast. Now he's using his own resources. He brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take he said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I'll repay thee. So he uses his own beast. He takes uh, time from his busy schedule. We see that because he had to get going the next day. And uh, he personally cares for the man. And the next day he pays the innkeeper to, to finish the job and says, I'll, when I come back through, look, whatever else that uh, uh, there's a... 
a tab on, I'm going to pick it up if you would. And then Jesus asked the question, verse 36, Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor to him that fell among thieves? And of course, they answered correctly, and then Jesus gives the powerful the phrase, Go and do thou likewise. You see, Jude truly had a heart of compassion. And may I say that compassion is not a feeling, it's a choice. Some choose to have a heart of compassion and others choose not to have compassion. And the story of the Good Samaritan reminds us of that. But I'm also reminded that a a compassionate heart will compel us to action. Whenever we see Jesus and, and as he saw the multitudes or he saw much people, the Gospels tell us over and again, he was moved with compassion. You see, sympathy feels bad for others. Empathy fills the pain of others. But compassion moves us to do something about the problem. Feeling the pain deeply is not enough. Our hearts must be stirred and there must be compassion in order for us to do something about it. And I'm here today and you are here today because of others who have had compassion on our lives and have cared for you and I. And when we consider where we are today, and we consider the compassion and the hearts of others who've invested in your life and mine, it it compels us to extend the same kind of compassion to future generations. May I encourage you this morning to put heart in everything that you do this week, everywhere that you go this week, every life that you come into contact this week, whether it's a coworker or a neighbor or a family or a friend, uh, perhaps someone in business or someone even at the grocery store, I would encourage you today to put heart in everything you do. I don't know about you, but I love to sit down to a meal and you can tell the person that's prepared the meal, they put their heart into it, amen? I'm looking forward to that this afternoon. I didn't get an amen on that. How are you looking forward to a nice meal this afternoon? All right, making sure you're still there. I'm so grateful for a church that's known to have a heart. Our church has a heart because we have a pastor that has a big heart. And I think of this church for 45 years that's had compassion on this area and the regions beyond through world evangelism. I'm thankful that this church this year has been distributing Bibles to every home in Santa Clara, California. I was a part of this a few weeks ago, and I've been a part of this uh, throughout the duration of this, but that was a few weeks ago, and I made sure that I was, uh, you know, sanitized and had my mask and all of that, was following all the protocols, and it was in a package and such like, and doing it somewhat delivery style, and, and I was heading from one place to the next, and just excited about the privilege of sowing the seed of the Word of God in our city, and I came up to this particular door, and I was ready to leave the package there. And just as I was ready to leave the package, the door opened up, and there stood a gentleman right in front of me. It took me by surprise. It was the timing was just there. And I just looked at him, and I said, delivery. And I reached the Bible out to him. I handed it to him. I turned around to walk away. And he said, it's from God. I thought, wow, that's great. Amen. I'm thankful that we have a message from God to a world. And as I consider the Bible this morning, I'm reminded that this book is God's love letter to man. And the answer of the hour is not in the political arena. And the answer of the hour is not in the economic arena. The answer to this hour 
is having a heart of compassion and sharing the gospel message with a world that has so lost its way. Jude tells us, look, if you're going to make a difference in this life, you need to have a compassionate heart. But I want you to notice with me, we're not only to have a heart of compassion if we're going to make a difference, we need to have a heart of courage. Verse 23 says, pulling them out of the fire. I want you to look at verse 23. It says, and others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire. Every time I read that verse, I don't know why, but it reminds me of September 11, 2001. I was in a hotel room here in the area. We were here for the pastors and workers conference like so many others were. My mother called me and I was having devotions that morning. She said, have you looked at the news? I said, no, I haven't. She said, turn the news on. I turned the news on and within a few minutes, I saw the second plane fly into the second building. My heart sank that day. My heart broke. And as I watched the next few days, this situation uncover all that took place. And I saw the rubble in New York City. And I watched some of the recordings of people walking through the dust cloud. And, and uh, I heard this eerie noise. And as I asked more questions and studied further, I came to find out that that eerie sound in the background was the noise of the fallen firemen who had rushed into those towers to save the lives of others. And I'm reminded this morning, I'm thankful for our military who, as we've celebrated recently Veterans Day, and I'm thankful for the police officers of our day and the paramedics and the firemen, firewomen, those who serve not only our city and our state, but our country. But I'm reminded that there's a lot of courageous people in our world today, and if these folks can have the courage to rush into a building to save lives physically, how much more in this day and age do God's people need to have the courage to help save lives spiritually? I'm reminded of the three Hebrew children who had courage as they were tossed into the burning, fiery furnace. They said, our God is able... Even if God chooses not to, we're still not going to bow down and worship the golden image. I'm reminded of Esther of old, a godly woman who said, Hey, look, I'm going into the king's court, which is not according to the law. And she said, If I perish, I perish. I'm reminded of many biblical examples this morning of people who had great courage in a great God. I'm reminded of a Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 as God takes nine verses to speak directly to the heart of Joshua and tell him to be strong and very courageous, to be strong and very courageous. If you read that passage, strong and very courageous in chapter 1 and verse 10, then Joshua commanded. We see the courage that God placed in his heart as the people of God recognized they didn't want to wander anymore in the wilderness, but they wanted to cross the Jordan and claim the promised land. May I say this morning, if we're going to have a heart of compassion and rescue our country from apostasy, if we rescue the world who are sick in their sin from an eternal lake of fire, it's going to take courage and courageous Christians. May I say this morning, there needs to be a courageous spirit about sharing the gospel message of Jesus Christ in this day and hour. But the psalmist of old said in Psalm 107 verse 2, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Man, I love to sing with our church. There's nothing like singing with God's people here. But may I tell you, we need to take the same 
song in our heart and the same worship we give to God to us, with us every day of the week and everywhere we go. Being a witness. He had put a new song in my mouth, even praising to our God. Many shall see it and fear and trust in the Lord. I'm thankful for a godly heritage. God gifted me with a wonderful grandmother. A very extraordinary and very godly woman. She was found in her bedroom by my mother as a young child many times with a map of the world laid out on her bed as she would cry and pray over the various foreign fields that God would send missionaries and take the gospel to places that didn't have the gospel. And as my grandmother grew older and somewhat lost uh, her memory, my mother would take her to places like the senior center just to have some social interaction. My mother told me the story that she had let my grandmother for a few hours at the senior center a year or so before her passing. And uh, she was having a good time with some friends there. And she showed up and there was an older gentleman there named Jim. And my mother showed up. There's my grandmother in a wheelchair and a man next to her named Jim. And my, my grandmother said to my mother when she showed up to pick her up, she said, Grace, this is Jim. I asked Jim if he knows the Lord and he doesn't know the Lord. And Jim said he wants you to tell him about the Lord. When my grandmother was old enough where she didn't have her bearings mentally enough to go through the plan of salvation, she had enough understanding of the fact that everywhere she went, she needed to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. And my mother sweetly shared the gospel with Jim that day in that senior center. And I'm happy to report to you this morning, Jim trusted Christ as his Savior and he's in heaven today. You and I need to have a heart of compassion everywhere we go, but we also need to have courage to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ and have the courage to stand in the backbone on the principles and the promises of the Word of God. But I'm also reminded this morning, we not only need to have a heart of compassion, we not only need to have a heart of courage, but we need to have a heart of conviction. Look back with me if you would at our text as we look at what Jude has to say. He says in verse 23, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. Then he says this, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. I've mentioned already that Jude wrote this epistle at a time of great apostasy where many were departing from the faith. They were literally abandoning the faith. I want you to back up to verse 3 and 4 if you would and look at them with me. He says in verse 3, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. For there are certain men crept in unaware who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, that's just a big word that deals with filthiness. He goes on to say, and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm reminded that just as there was a group in his day who were departing from the faith, so is it in 2020 that there are Christians today who are departing from the faith which was once delivered to the saints. And if you and I are going to have an impact on this world, while we don't need to have a contentious spirit, we need to have a contending spirit. 
that's willing to stand for truth and understands the scripture. I'm reminded that Paul told Titus in Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And while we're living in a day where there are Christians that want to take the grace of God and twist it in something carnal and sinful and wicked and say, we have a license to live however we want to live, it reminds me of the, of the book of Judges where every man did that which was right in their own eyes and there needs to be a people of God in this day and in this hour that say, hey, we're going to have a heart of compassion we're going to do for others and we're going to care for others and we're going to share the gospel message of others and we're going to have courage to stand in this day and hour. But by the grace of God, we're not going to take the doctrine of God's grace and turn it into something that's wicked and sinful. James chapter 1 and verse 27 says, Pure religion and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows. That's why we have a bus ministry. That's why we've had a rest home ministry. He went on to say, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Pure religion seeks to keep himself unspotted for the world. And while striving to live a holy and a godly life is not popular in 2020, I'm here to say it's never been a popular subject. And God's people more than ever need to have the courage to stand on the Word of God. Daniel purposed in his heart, it came from his heart, that he would not defile himself, just as Paul told the, church, the Christians at Rome, be not conformed to this world. We are living in a day where many Christians want to have it your way type of Christianity. They want a Christianity that is not holy and that's conformed to this world. But the Bible still says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in Him. And I'm reminded of the words of the Lord Jesus in John 15 and verse 19. He said, If ye were of the world, the world would love His own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. I don't know about you, but I love to come to church because God's people love one another. And I don't know about you, but I, I love God's people because we've learned as the Sermon on the Mount teaches us to love the unlovely and love those that persecute us. But sometimes it becomes challenging to love those that hate you. And yet that is exactly what God has told us to do. And as we live in a day where the mountain of evidence proves that God desires for you and I to live holy and free from doctrinal heresy, as Paul told young Timothy in 1 Timothy 4 and verse 1, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. That's apostasy. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And we're living in a day where God's people are oftentimes 
being seduced away from the principles and the doctrines of the Word of God. And we're living in an hour where God's people now more than ever need to continue to have a heart of compassion, but not stop with a heart of compassion. Have the courage to stand up and, and, and believe what the Bible says and stand for holy living and righteous living and godly living, understanding that God wants to do a work in our day. May I say this morning, what you believe will affect the way that you live. And when a person, and what a person accomplishes with their life, it truly depends upon what they believe. You see, you can love America, but you can't love America and love terrorists at the same time. You can love America, but you can't love America and love socialism at the same time. You can love your garden at home, but you can't love garden and love weeds at the same time. And Paul says in Romans chapter 12 and verse number 9, let love be without dissimulation. That means hypocrisy. And we have a lot of people today who want to call a worldly, fleshly, seductive type of love a godly love. And I'm here to call it out today. That's hypocrisy. Let love be without hypocrisy, without dissimulation. He says, abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. In other words, I'm submitting to you this morning, we have to be different from the world to make a difference in the world. And I'm thankful for North Valley Baptist Church for 45 years that have stood upon the principles we're talking about today. A church that truly has a heart. A church that truly has compassion. A church that's truly courageous. And a church that has conviction. But may I say this morning, we must continue to have this kind of heart if we're going to impact the next generation. We must never conform to this world in order to seek and to save the lost. We can't be for holiness and, a, and, and for sin at the same time. We have to have a compassionate heart, a courageous heart to reach people right where they are in life and yet have a heart of conviction that says I'm not going to compromise by the grace of God. May I say this morning, there are many today who are unbalanced in these areas. They want to have compassion without conviction. And some will even have compassion and have a courageous heart about their compassion, but they still don't have conviction. And there are those today that have conviction, but they seem to not have any compassion. They even have conviction and they're courageous about their conviction, but they seek to not have that heart of compassion. And I would submit to you today, there are those who perhaps have the balance of compassion and conviction, and yet they lack the courage to stand and make a difference. And I'm thankful for North Valley Baptist Church for 45 years. You've had the balance of compassion and conviction. And you've had the courage to stand and make a difference in this day and in this world and in this hour. And may I say to you, my hat's off to you. May we continue to do what God has called us to do. And perhaps you're here today. Maybe you're new. Maybe you're hearing this type of preaching and it's very new to you, and you would say, well, Brother Everton, you don't understand. There's no way in the world I can have that kind of heart. I can't have that kind of compassion. Or maybe you say, I just can't have that kind of courage. Maybe you say, you know, Brother Everton, I just can't have that, 
that kind of conviction. There's just no way I can do that. And I'm, I'm happy to report to you. There's no way you or I can either. But if you look with me at verse 24, the Bible says now unto him that is able. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that we serve a God who is able. I want to encourage you this morning to have a heart of comfort. While you and I are not capable in and of ourselves to have the kind of compassion and the kind of courage and the kind of conviction that God has called us to have, if we would simply abide as we are the branch and the vine, if we would simply abide in Christ, we can have that kind of heart that God has called us to have because God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. And God can do that through you and I. God can do that through our ministry today as He comforts our heart. And may I close with this thought from verse 25. As we are comforted by the fact that God can, we realize our cause. As we come to verse 25, it says now, it says to the only wise God, our Savior. By the way, that Savior is spelt with seven letters and I love to spell the Savior's name with seven letters because He is in fact perfect. The perfect Son of God. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. You know what we were doing just a moment ago? Oh, what a Savior. Brother Martinez, I'm hoping that you, if you're close by, I don't know where you are, I didn't talk to you about this, but I'm hoping that in the next few minutes you can come and lead us in an invitation where we sing that song again and people can come and pray. You can pray in your car there. I just believe God used that a few moments ago, and I believe God wants to use that again. As we realize our cause, our cause is to glorify our Heavenly Father. I'm reminded of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 16. Let your light so shine before men. Now can I tell you, when you go to Matthew chapter 6, there's a lot of, of condemnation to those who try to be seen of men. But here in chapter 5, it seems like a contradiction. But the difference is the motive of the heart... When your heart's motive is to be seen of men, you have your reward. But Jesus says in chapter 5, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And here is the motive. And glorify your Father which is in heaven. As Paul told the churches of Galatia, Galatians 1.24, they glorified God in me. May I say that when we have a heart to make a difference, we will have a heart of compassion. We will have a heart of courage. We'll have a heart of conviction and we'll be comforted knowing that God can and use uh, your life and mine and He can use this ministry in 2020 to impact our world and to impact eternity as we share the good news of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And may I say this morning, to the degree we allow the Word of God and the Lord Jesus Christ to make a difference and impact our hearts and our life is often to the degree that God allows our lives and our ministry to impact our world for eternity. So I ask the question this morning, what are you allowing Christ to do in your heart today? I don't know about you, but I know this for me. I don't want to be a part of those who are departing from the faith. Can I get a witness right there? I want to be a part of those who want to make a difference and bring the gospel message and hope to a world that's dying and lost in sin. 
I want to be a part of those who are willing to stand and contend for the faith and stand against apostasy. And as I'm reminded of our Lord Jesus Christ this morning, I'm reminded that Jesus made such a difference during His earthly ministry and such an impact on eternity that He split the calendar to B.C. and A.D., our greatest example. And because God, who came to this sin-cursed earth, robed in human flesh, who lived a perfectly sinless life, and died a substitutionary death on the cross of Calvary to pay for the sins of mankind, to pay your sin debt and mine. He didn't stay dead, but up from the grave He arose on that third day. He's ascended to heaven and He sits at the right hand of the throne of the Father on high. And today, if you will, from your heart, place your faith in Jesus Christ alone, you can have an eternal home in heaven. I'm reminded of Romans 10, verse 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. To the members of North Valley Baptist Church, I want to encourage you, don't let your heart get calloused and cold. Have a heart of compassion. I want to challenge my church family this morning. Don't lose hope. Have a heart of courage. Believe in God. I want to challenge my church family this morning. Hey, let's not stop having convictions here. But let's stand on the principles of the Word of God. And I want to challenge you this morning to realize that God can and desires to do great things to this ministry as God has already done so many incredible things, I believe the future is bright for this ministry. And I believe that God wants to impact our world and in this hour do a great work. But we must acknowledge that God's the one that gets the glory for what He does. Because it's not about you, it's not about me, it's about the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, what a Savior is mine. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.